What's up, Bengals fans? It's Anthony Gazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to have you with us. It feels, for me personally, like an eternity since I have taken the air, have spoken about the Bengals and all of that. The last time I uh, took the air, unfortunately, we were talking about the Joe Burrow injury, and uh, that obviously is continuing into this week. We've got more to talk about this week, some different stuff to talk about. Want to give a little tip of the cap to Matt Minnick and John Sheeran for uh, carrying a lot of the weight this week. I had to kind of take care of some things on the personal side of things. And uh, they, you know, with the pregame show by Narragansett Beer and the midweek show that they uh, handled in my absence, appreciate those guys and appreciate all of you for tuning in, not only today, but through those other shows that I mentioned as well. Again, Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Happened, happy to be with you all despite the Bengals Falling to the New York Giants, 19-17 to at Paul Brown Stadium. There are a couple of different ways you can look at this game. I think everybody could agree, based on what was happening for both teams at quarterback, it was an ugly game. And the fact that neither team cracked 20 points, pretty ugly game. Pretty ugly game to watch. Not a lot of offense, not a lot of points, and, <clears throat> excuse me, not, not too much... Uh, excitement in terms of firepower, explosive plays, that sort of thing, a real grinder of a game. I think in some hands, uh, in, in some points of view, a lot of Bengals fans could sit here and look at this game and say, hey, this was actually a little bit better than I thought it was going to be without Joe Burrow in the lineup. You know, two-point loss. The Giants aren't a good team, but two-point loss without your star quarterback, without your star running back, you know, injuries all over the field. Turmoil supposedly in the locker room per reports. You kind of thought that the wheels were going to be falling off this thing, and this may have been a real ugly one, especially with Brandon Allen under center. So you may actually feel kind of good about the fact that, hey, maybe these guys didn't pack it in. Maybe these guys are backing Zach Taylor, at least the guys that are still there and, and playing on the field and getting playing time. Um, maybe there's some disgruntled guys on the sideline that aren't getting the playing time they think they deserve. But, you know, if you heard the telecast today on Fox – Chris Spielman, a guy who played linebacker at a very high level in the NFL for a ton of years, kind of made note that this doesn't look like a team that is packing it up, so to speak. And, uh, you know, not not packing it up for Zach Taylor and not calling it quits on the season with their franchise quarterback injured. And I guess you got to kind of like some of that. On the other hand, familiar mistakes, silly turnovers, penalties at bad moments, not enough points, and yet another one possession loss for Zach Taylor and company. I, you know, I, it's it's pretty inexplicable at this point as to how this team cannot pull out these one-score wins. Pretty inexplicable. And, and the way that they continue to lose these games, you know, it, 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 all of a sudden – it was 19 to 10. It looked like the Giants had the game wrapped up with a couple of minutes left. They got a first down. Well, all of a sudden, holding penalty, it's getting called back. Bengals hold strong, get a great punt return punt return for once from Alex Erickson. He made a number of bonehead plays as a punt returner, but he gave the team a great punt return to set them up for a game-winning field goal, a game-winning touchdown, and first play from scrimmage, sack, fumble, game over. So look, there are a lot of there are a lot of 
believe it or not, there are some positives to take away from today and, and many of which in an individual performances. And we'll get to that in just a second. But and the fact that we kind of thought this was going to be a disaster in terms of a score and the Bengals may have had the potential to get blown out of their own building. That didn't happen. And they fought pretty hard throughout the, the, the entire game, especially with a depleted roster. But you still see what Joe Burrow managed to cover up in terms of roster deficiencies when he was playing. Um, you, you saw what his abilities were able to hide and make the team look a little bit better maybe than it was. And the sad thing too, folks, if you look at last week and you look at today, granted, even with Joe Burrow healthy, we don't know if this was a playoff team. It definitely would have been competitive and maybe start rolling off some wins at the end of the season here. But, I mean, this last week, definitely you feel like you would have won that game if Joe Burrow was healthy. This week, for sure, you, you thought you would have won that one if you have a healthy Joe Burrow. Just two very winnable games. All of a sudden, you'd be looking at, you know, a 4-6-1 and one record instead of a 2-8-1 and one record. And, um, you know, you're feeling quite a bit different about your football team at that point. So, you know... It's just unfortunate the, the, how, the ripple effect that that injury has had on this entire roster. And, and you see everything that Joe Burrow masked in, in the, you know, when he was under center. If you look, there are a couple of things. One outstanding facet of, of the game today was special teams. Randy Bullock played pretty well. Um, you had the outstanding and record setting the longest play in Bengals history, Brandon Wilson, 103 yard kickoff return touchdown. Congratulations to him. That was a very exciting play. He had another great return late in the game. I mentioned Alex Erickson had some issues uh, early on letting balls, you know, go and get bad field position. But at the end there, he made a big, big punt return play to put the team in position to win. So special teams was outstanding today. And really that's, that's what I liked about today because you knew that the Cincinnati Bengals would need to have some of these special special teams plays. You need to have a defensive turnover, a pick six or something to help cope with the loss of Joe Burrow. If you were going to try and win this game and they got, they did that. They got the special teams touchdown. They had a, num- a number of different returns. Um, a lot of, a lot of big plays on special teams and you have to like that. The linebackers and we'll, we'll pull up the tail of the tape here in just a second, but in an appropriate weekend to use the tail of the tape term, right? With the, with the big fights last night. Uh, anyway, if you look at what well, we'll look at the tail of the tape, but the linebackers today were incredibly active for the Cincinnati Bengals, incredibly active. Josh Bynes. This is, this is probably the best game I've seen Josh Bynes play in a Bengals uniform. Logan Wilson had a couple of nice plays today. Akeem Davis Gaither laid out and almost had a nice interception. Um, Jermaine Pratt was very active today. And, and making a lot of nice tackles. So a great day from the Bengals linebackers today. And by the way, if you're watching us live, I apologize for the, the sun here. It's, uh, it's shifting quite rapidly. I'm in a different time zone than many of you. It's middle of the day for me here, folks. So I've got the, sh- the sun uh, shining on me here. I'm trying to avoid it. I apologize if I look a little shadowy. But <clears throat> look, I mean, great, great game. By the defense, really? I mean, 19 points when you give up 19 points with that side of the ball being pretty depleted. You're missing some important players there. And you don't have your your quarterback, so you know that the offense isn't going to be scoring a lot of points. You give up 19 points. That's not a bad day at the office. It's not a bad day at the office. Unfortunately, a lack of a pass rush and a lack of getting turnovers 
is continues to plague this team. Continues to plague this team. Uh, they did have the, the one fumble recovery, just the second of the entire season, a fumble recovery by Von Bell. So that, you know, there are some, there are definitely some issues, but you have to say that special teams defense gave this team a chance to win a, a golden opportunity to win today. And they did not, they did not capitalize. They did not capitalize because of the deficiencies on offense. Uh, rough day at the office for Jonah Williams. He uh, had a couple of, of let up sacks at the end there. He, you know, they had drew sample on Jabal Sheard initially. He got by, Sample Sheard got by Sample, and then he got by Williams to force that final sack fumble at the end. There, there was also a sack earlier in the game that Jonah led up, and a rough rough day at the office for him. And you know, up and down across the line in terms of overall performance. You know, just a, just kind of an up and down day, and that's kind of unfortunately what we've been. We've, <laughs> become accustomed to Quentin Spain was at left guard was playing pretty well and then had to move over to right guard had a holding penalty later in the game he took over for Alex Redmond Alex Redmond left the game with a concussion and uh, you know the rest is kind of history there we'll get to the the numbers in just a second and the stats and we can go over some of that I want to I want to let people know in case they missed Zach Taylor's press conference that immediately followed the 19 to 17 loss by the Bengals at the hands of the New York football Giants he said when asked about Brandon Allen, two uh, big tid, uh, tidbits here, he, that he did, quote, enough in terms of, in terms of playing and uh, his abilities and what he did and what he showed on Sunday. He did, quote, enough. And Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com followed up with a question saying, essentially, you know, is, is Brandon Allen going to start next week? And Zach Taylor said yes. So we're going to expect to see more of Brandon Allen, and this team is obviously, especially now with Joe Burrow out of the lineup and the team being 2-8-1, and one, they're going to be in roster evaluation mode at this point. They're going to see if Brandon Allen has what it takes and does enough to prove to them that he is the backup quarterback of the future and not Ryan Finley. You can make an argument that, that today was a lot more palatable to watch in terms of quarterback play by Brandon Allen instead of Ryan Finley, what we saw from this in the second half from Ryan Finley last week against Washington was atrocious, but Washington better pass defense and a really bad situation that Finley just got thrown in. I mean, both you got your, your emotions got to be all over the place and um, you know, just not a good situation for him. So it's not all on number five there, but not, he looked pretty poor in his half of play last week. They went with Brandon Allen today. I mean, it was better, I guess. There's still some forced throws. I will say this about Brandon Allen. He threw the touchdown late. Nice, nice read and play there to T Higgins. There were a couple of plays that Brandon Allen had uh, a couple of nice throws that really could have made a difference in the team possibly coming out with a win here. Second half, the first two drives, the Bengals have the ball. Uh, you know, there's, Gio Bernard out in the flat drops a third and one. That was that would have been an easy easy first down a, a catch that Gio Bernard team captain makes in his sleep inexplicably drops it uh, a little bit later in the second half Brandon Allen seeing uh, immense pressure up front throws a, a really nice ball to Tyler Boyd Boyd kind of lets it get in on him and gets hit immediately and the ball kind of gets jarred loose it's it's a it's a play you kind of think Tyler Boyd 
I don't know, tough catch, but you've seen him make way more difficult catches. You kind of think maybe that was one that you'd like to have back there, and that killed the drive. You know, as I mentioned, a couple of penalties later in the game, too, that killed killed momentum, and uh, that was kind of the story of things. A lot of a lot of similar, a lot of similar situations. I, if you've got some questions or something, I'll try and take some of these in these live chats. If, whether you're joining us on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page, whether you're joining us on the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel, or if you happen to now be joining us on Twitter, we're we're streaming there too. So if you've got a couple questions, maybe I'll try and answer a couple of those as we go through some of the stats here. But I see here, uh, yeah, this was you know David Fussner says. AJ Green, nothing again. Looked like he was sleepwalking. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's really difficult to explain what's going on with AJ Green. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of a tentative nature with, you know, potentially not wanting to accumulate another injury. There are, you know, some other facets there at play. Obviously, you know, Joe Burrow being out, and you know, they're not being AJ Green not being able to practice a lot with Joe Burrow when he was available, you know, in the summer because of the COVID stuff, because of preseason, because, you know, AJ had an injury, just not a lot of cohesion being built between those two. And now, you know, you're just seeing a very lackluster year from AJ Green. And in our pregame show by Narragansett Beer, not this week, but the week prior against the Steelers, I'm sorry, against Washington, we noted that AJ Green's career may be headed a little bit towards the way that Larry Fitzgerald's is. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's kind of had to become a different wide receiver instead of being that go-to alpha dog guy. Um, he's, you know, he's kind of playing second fiddle there in Arizona and still putting up a pretty consistent and nice career for himself. It's just that's kind of where his career has taken him. He's moved more inside as a slot guy, and we may we may see that. From AJ Green, whether that's with the Cincinnati Bengals next year or not, I don't know. But uh, you know, and, and I don't know what teams would be willing to pay him next year based on some of the stats and things we've seen on tape. Jurgen Tossman here. Why no John Ross again? That's a mystery to us all, Jurgen. Um, and I hope I'm saying your name right there. That's a mystery to us all, and. I think now with Joe Burrow being out, I mentioned this earlier, you kind of feel like this would have been roster evaluation mode time again for the, for the Bengals. Why not put John Ross out there and see what you got? Punt returns, kick returns, these jet sweeps, they keep running to Tyler Boyd and Alex Erickson. That seems to be right up the alley of John Ross. Either he's just, his head is not into football. He is not practicing well and we're not, they're not throwing him under the bus publicly about that. Um, he's in the coach's doghouse. I will say this, you know, I, John Ross was in Marvin Lewis's doghouse. Now he appears to be in Zach Taylor's doghouse. So I, I don't, I, I always try and defend the player. Uh, but when, when two different coaching regimes still can't find a way to use this guy, still don't suit him up when he's healthy. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I do think, by the way, I do think John Ross is does have a foot injury um, that he sustained a couple of weeks ago while they're trying to do that corner wide receiver thing experiment that they tried to do. So he's probably still dealing with that. But 
Um, you know, I, I just feel like as the year goes on, if he does prove to be healthy, you got to get him out there and at least see if you can get something with him, especially if you're going to keep this coaching staff, you're going to keep this system. You're going to need to see if John Ross fits in it. Uh, and you're going to need to see if he's, he's somebody that you're going to keep around. Cause look, this, nobody's really talking about this. I've said it a couple times though. The wide receiver group for the Bengals next year is going to potentially be depleted in terms of free agency attrition. You've got John Ross, impending free agent. You've got AJ Green, impending free agent. You've got Alex Erickson, impending free agent. You've got Mike Thomas, impending free agent. You've got Auden Tate, a free agent after 21. Uh, and then you've got Tyler Boyd for a couple of years there. So, uh, and then you've got T Higgins as well for a couple of years. But I mean, there's four guys there that are set and, and even, I hate to say this about AJ Green, but all those names are replaceable. But you're going to with with other needs that you have on this roster, wide receiver all of a sudden becomes a pretty big priority. So you need to figure out if you're going to keep AJ Green or or John Ross or both. And they got to get playing time. They got to get looks from quarterbacks. They gotta they got to do that. Uh, let's let's keep going here. We'll, we'll do the tail of the tape and I'll show you some stats here in case you have not seen some of these. We like to run through these and show you that. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com with some awesome weird lighting today. If you're joining, <laughs> you're joining us via video, whether that's on Cincy Jungle's Facebook or YouTube, it's uh, the sun's doing some weird stuff in my house here. I apologize. I'm looking very shadowy and mysterious, but um, <clears throat> anyway, We'll be here a couple more minutes. You can get all of our stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast streaming. We're basically there. The Cincy Jungle Channel, myself and John Sheeran do the Orange and Black Insider, Matt Minnick in his Chalk Talk episodes. And you can also get Ace Boogie and Zim Hude who do the Orange is the New Black podcast as well. All of that is available for your listening pleasure. Basically, between all of us, you, you have stuff every day of the week. New stuff every day of the week, whether it's video, whether it's audio, both. You got stuff every day of the week. So check it out. Let's go to the tale of the tape, shall we? We're going to pull up. This is the score rundown on NFL.com. Here, These are the giant side of the stats. If you look here on the right side of the screen that I am sharing, Daniel Jones, 16 of 27 to 13, left the game in the second half with a hamstring injury. And I think, I hate to say this, but, you know, the Giants, I don't know how severe it was. He had his helmet and pads on still on the sideline. He didn't go to the locker room and he didn't get out of his football gear. So my assumption is that he, if they needed him in emergency, he would have still been able to play. But... I also think maybe the Giants felt that they maybe were in a little bit of control of this game and they didn't need to rush him back. Who knows? But you got Colt McCoy coming in, old uh, old Colt McCoy. Six of ten for 31 yards. Didn't do very much. A lot of stuff in the flat for Colt McCoy. They fed Wayne Gallman, who is getting a lot of touches because of Saquon Barkley's season-ending injury, 24 carries, 94 yards, a touchdown, 3.9 yards per carry. Workman-like, I guess. Effective, but not overly exciting. Just grinding, grinding. Deion Lewis would have, could have, should have had a huge game, especially in the receiving department. A lot of easy missed throws to Deion Lewis that would have 
potentially gone for a touchdown, first downs, that sort of thing. You can see uh, just the two carries on 10 yards. We'll go to his receiving numbers in just a second. Um, you can you can see that. Uh, Alfred Morris, forgot that guy was on that team and still playing football. Four carries, eight yards there. So they got you can see they they tried to run the ball quite a bit. Ran the ball quite a bit. Evan Ingram, what a day from Evan Ingram. Two fantastic catches on long balls, six catches for 129 yards, and the Bengals still cannot figure out a way to cover a tight end. One of those receptions was against Von Bell. And, uh, you know, Von Bell ended up having a pretty good game. But, again, you keep putting Von Bell in these deep, you know, deep man, deep passing coverage situations and that is just not his strength as a football player he is good near the line of scrimmage he is good and short in intermediate passing areas where he doesn't have to move a ton and where he can kind of seek out the tackle diagnose the play and and make a play in a short area of space when it's a long area of space he struggles and that's been the case this year and for some reason they keep putting von bell in situations in deep passing situations or man coverage in in kind of longer pass attempts and that is just not his strength it's just not his strength, and uh, they need to figure out what's going on there. Sterling Shepard, pretty effective day. Seven catches, 64 yards on eight targets. Golden Tate was just harassed by Mackenzie Alexander today. He got the best of him once, but four catches, 36 yards on nine targets. Mackenzie Alexander was was playing really great football today, I thought. Uh, look here, though. You see Deion Lewis, uh, one reception for seven yards on three targets. Those two misses that, that you had there, those were two big misses to Deion Lewis. He was open for quite a bit of space on those there. You go down here, you had the Evan Ingram fumble that was lost. Uh, you know, so Von Bell picked that one up and that was, that led to a, a Bengals field goal there. Jabal sheared a forced fumble, Logan Ryan, a forced fumble. And then you know, there were two, they were, those were both recovered there as well. So uh, the Logan Ryan one was an interesting one against Drew Sample, wherein Drew Sample caught the ball and kind of stood a little still because someone was grabbing his face mask. That didn't get called. And there were a couple of other defensive pass interference penalties that I thought could have been called on the Giants at certain points in the game. They were not. Logan Ryan jarred the ball loose and, uh, you know, rest is history there. You got the interception by uh, Nico Lelos. And, uh, you know, a lot of passes defense. If you, if you looked here, look here, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven passes defend defended by giants defenders today. And a lot of them were in very tight spaces where Brandon Allen was trying to fit in passes that weren't really available. Uh, they, they were just not available. So they were, they were swarming. And then a lot of, uh, you see here, you got the the one sack by Sheard, uh, the one sack by Leonard Williams there. So not a terrible day in terms of the Bengals' offensive line giving up sacks to the opposition, but still not a great one either. Uh, those those ended up costing them. Brandon, here's Brandon's, Brandon Allen's day, 17 of 29, 136, a touchdown and an interception. So nothing real exciting there. Manageable passes, tried to give them high completion passes and, you know, I, I think the, the Giants defense was pretty well prepared for what Brandon Allen was maybe going to show him. Not much on the ground. Uh, eight carries, 32 yards for, for Gio Bernard. Sean Williams had the seven-yard punt return, uh, fake punt 
run for a first down. That was pretty exciting. I forgot to mention that and all of the good special teams areas there. So a good, good play there that kept the Bengals in the game. And then of course, you know, four carries, seven yard Bengals just aren't rush, running the ball. And if you look, I mean, gosh, guys, the disparity of offensive plays here is just, it's pretty astounding. Um, pretty astounding. Not the Bengals didn't, they only had three drives in the first half. So they just did not have the ball very often, a few three and outs. So just they didn't have the ball very much and they weren't moving the ball very much. Uh, T Higgins, five catches, 44 yards in the touchdown, caught all five thrown to him, drew sample four for 40 on five targets. And he did have that fumble. Gio Bernard, two catches, 17 yards on three targets. Tyler Boyd, rough day for him. Three catches, 15 yards on six targets. Yikes. Travion Williams getting the mix a little bit, 13-yard reception, uh, and just kind of a lot of dink and dunk stuff the rest of the way. You look here, um, there are the, the fumbles. Bell forced and recovered the one off of Ingram. Uh, look, look at the – I tweeted this out. Look at the days from Josh Bynes and Mackenzie Alexander. Combined five passes defended from those two, and another from Davis Gaither. I mentioned the great day from – the Bengals linebackers, Bell, 10 total tackles, including one for a loss. Jesse Bates, seven tackles. Josh Bynes, seven tackles, one for loss, plus those two passes defended. Jermaine Pratt, eight tackles, two tackles for loss for Jermaine Pratt. Uh, LaShawn Sims continues to struggle. I am really looking forward to the return of Trey Waynes, whenever that may be, um, or, and or Darius Phillips. LaShawn Sims, unfortunately, just continues to struggle on that. It's not helping the Bengals pass defense. Sam Hubbard, seven total tackles, including one for loss. Still having trouble getting to the passer. Does Hubbard and really anyone else not named Carl Lawson? Mackenzie Alexander, just the two tackles, but he was very active. I, I think, what did we say, three yeah, three passes defended up here, plus the two tackles. Really, really active day from Mackenzie Alexander. He was doing a lot of good stuff. Brandon Wilson, MVP of the day between playing some defense Having that kickoff return also made a nice tackle on the opening kickoff too. So guy was doing a little bit of everything. It was awesome. Mike Daniels was so close to having an interception. Amani Bledsoe tipped one up and Mike Daniels kind of had one that he could have laid out for, but he didn't see it until it was too late. Um, you know, Marcus Hunt, not, not an overly effective day or not a big day on the stat sheet, but hey, for what the Bengals signed him for and him being kind of a scrap keep guy and an emergency guy, he's given him a little bit. A lot more than I thought he would. Uh, he's he's in on a lot of plays. He had a, a pass deflection last week. Um, you know, he's. I've been pleased for the most part from what I've seen from him. Sometimes because he's playing inside, and he's got that immense height. He can get out of position every once in a while, getting kind of turned a little bit because he doesn't he doesn't have you know that lower squattier body. But um, you know, he's in there and he's he's. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of a difference when he's in there. So I, I personally have been kind of pleased from what he's given him, at least as an emergency rotational guy. Again, you don't, you can't expect the world from that guy given his age and where he's at in his career and everything and what the Bengals are using him for, but you know, take what you can get and he's given him a little bit. So got to like that. Uh, and the rest just kind of a lot of a, a good day from Logan Wilson, three tackles, a tackle for loss. That was nice. Um, so you, you like that there too. And then you see the one of one, two extra points from Randy Bullock. Uh, good day from Kevin Huber as well. Five punts, three of them inside the 20 and, um, you know, Brandon Wilson, geez, 46 yards per three kickoff returns. Uh, Alex Erickson, that 29 yarder, but, um, you know, the rest were just, the rest of the punts there were a little bit 
Yikes. I don't know if they'll have the team stats up. They do not, unfortunately. So we can't go over some of that other stuff. But that is where we're at with things right now. And uh, Cincinnati Bengals are 2-8-1 and one right now. And uh, unfortunately at the bottom looking up. And uh, that's that's where we're at right now. And uh, I'm seeing some not-so-complimentary things from certain uh, people <laughs> on LaShawn Sims. I, I won't repeat them, but uh, I mean, unfortunately that's, that's where it's at, but Hey, uh, I, like I said, I, it depends on how you want to take this one. Either you can look at this and, and keep it as a spin. It as a positive kind of looking at this and saying, Hey, you know, there, this was a little bit better of a performance than I expected from a number of different players and a number of different aspects. Again, the Bengals kind of reputation was, dragged through the mud this week by a, a pretty scathing report about the coaching staff and some disconnect with them and players. I think everybody by now knows what report I'm referring to. And, uh, you know, so uh, the fact that they came out and nearly pulled off a win, I guess you got to kind of be pr- pleased about that one. But again, it's just uh, seven, 17 points and another loss, another one possession loss under Zach Taylor. And it just, it gets tough to watch. It definitely gets tough, tough to watch, and that's that's kind of the bottom line here. And uh, I think he's four. What is he? Four twenty-two and one as the Bengals' head coach right now in in almost two seasons of football. Not very, not very good. Another good question here from Jurgen before we get on out of here: Do we need new scouts? I don't think you need new scouts. I think you need. I think you need more uh, positive. Come on, Anthony, get real. I know, Paul. You you hate that I even say anything positive. I, I understand, buddy. Uh, I think the Bengals need more scouts and more effective scouts. And I think they need to put less of that on the coaching staff. The coaches need to be intimately involved in the draft process and the scouting process, but they need to have a more robust scouting department. I've not been shy about saying that at all. I think the Bengals need to, there are two areas the Bengals need to address in my opinion. If, if they're not going to make coaching changes and, or, be really proactive in free agency again, or whatever the, whatever the plan is for next off season. I think they really need to look at two things. So number one is that scouting department slash GM, that whole operation and how they do things because there are way too many high misses in the draft. There are way too many day one, day two misses in recent years. There are a lot of hits, but there are a lot of, a lot of misses. And, you know, some of these picks from 2017, 2018, et cetera, they, they've really set this team back. And even 2015, that draft class as well, they've really set this team back a lot. So that's one area. And then I think they also need to address the, and I don't know exactly how you would do this, but the m- amount of injuries and the severity of them to important players really since 2018 is staggering. Uh, you've Andy Dalton, Missed the rest of 2018. He, you know, you had uh, Burrow get injured this year. Dalton was injured in 15. I mean, you have to do something with this medical staff, the training staff. I, I don't know what you have to do, but you have to invest heavily into injury prevention. And I, again, I don't exactly know. That's kind of a nebulous thing, but I, I you got to figure out something to not lose so many players, important players throughout the course of the season. Injuries happen everywhere. Injuries happen to every team, but that's, that's just kind of the reality of it. So uh, it's, it, I, I don't know. I don't know what, again, I don't, I don't have a specific way you address that, but you gotta, you gotta find a way to invest in 
a better infrastructure there to try and prevent those because it is absolutely crippling to, to the team. The Joe Burrow thing and that hit, that's something different. Uh, but there are just a lot of hamstring tweaks, foot tweaks, ankles, you know, groins, all these things. And it, it, I don't, it, you can attribute it to the conditioning issue from not having a preseason and all that kind of stuff, but you can't keep losing so many important players. Can't keep losing so many important players to injury. And it happens to, it seems to happen to the Bengals more than many other teams in the league, but that's going to do it. I think folks, we went through a lot here and at least it was a little bit more enjoyable of a game in some respects than we thought. I think it's also, <laughs> it wasn't an enjoyable game in a lot of respects to watch either, but is what it is. And we've got a few more to go uh, before the conclusion of the season here. And we really got to hope for progress. We really got to hope for some positive signs and we really got to hope that things start to move in the right direction. Otherwise, you know, many of you ha already have them out, but the pitchforks and torches will be coming out if no improvements are made. And if it doesn't seem like a lot of changes will be made, you know, there's, We'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Join us Monday for the News Jump. Join us Wednesday for our weekly show and uh, throughout the week on CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, etc. Have a good one.